Welcome back to The Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And Vadim. And Sergey as well. And Vadim. <laughs> we're not a repeat. No, we're not. But, uh, but Happy listen, Sunday, if, you are, if you are a repeat listener, thank you. First of all, we oh, we love you. We love you. Uh, if also, we actually do genuinely appreciate it because somebody out there wants to hear our voices on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. That means a lot. A whole lot. It does. Uh, it does mean a lot. And we cherish each and every one of you. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Thank you for checking out the show. And hey. Regardless of where you are in your listening journey of The Mentors, we do really appreciate you. And hey, if you haven't subscribed yet and you just somehow keep on hearing about the show and that's how you've checked it out, it's time to hit that sub button, subscribe button, so that you can know about every episode that we launch right when it comes out. The best way to experience The Mentors or to figure out even which episode to listen to because we have what is it, 120 now or so, is just to scroll through the titles. We actually do put quite a lot of effort to making the titles as relevant as possible and as indicative of what the actual content of the episode is. So if the title is interesting to you, yes, we wrote it. And yes, it's meant to put you on the journey and hopefully provide you whatever value it is that you're looking at at any given moment. Because it's kind of like uh, going to a buffet. You know, maybe you feel like getting some General Gauss chicken or maybe you feel like, or maybe you just want a little bit of that green tea ice cream. So if whatever you're feeling like today, whether it's green tea ice cream or General's chicken, go to the title, see what resonates with you, and click on that episode. But more importantly, if you are finding value through these shows that we record twice a week, please do send it to at least one friend that you think might find it interesting or valuable. It'll mean a whole lot to us. It's how we discover podcasts. For example, I recently started listening to Mark Maron's podcast. And actually, David Letterman was on that show. And it was really interesting. There's no other way that I would be able to find out about the story that I heard from David Letterman's own lips that we're in part of which we're going to tell you today as well. Uh, but if you want to listen to that source directly, here we go. I'm introducing a new podcast to you, Mark Marins. He's actually a comedian that uh, was one of the early ones to start podcasting. So you guys probably already heard of him. But if you haven't, check out Mark Marin's show. It's called WTF. David Letterman was on it. And it was the inspiration for today's episode. And there is a reason why we're talking about David Letterman. It's not just because Vadim heard about him this week on the show. Well, not about him. I heard the, the a detailed him. story about his life. Of course, we all know who David Letterman is. He is a, And if you don't know, he uh, was a late night show host for many, many years, decades even. And what it brought to mind for us is, you know, sometimes we see people on TV who we want to emulate and want to be like, and all we want in this world is to have what they have. But things below what you see on the surface, on social media or TV, oftentimes are very different. We actually talked about that on the J Train podcast a couple of weeks ago with Jared Freed. And it takes us back to a couple of months ago when Vadim and I had this amazing opportunity to meet with some folks at CBS. Obviously, CBS is a major network in the country, and they found out about our podcast, and it turned out that they were looking into maybe getting into podcasting a little bit more. At least a small team within CBS was looking into it, as we later found out. So, I mean, spoiler alert, obviously nothing ended up happening with that particular initiative. 
At uh, least not yet. Not yet. But we did build some relationships with producers there, and it was a really interesting time. But what stuck out with us at that time is how excited we were about the whole prospect of even getting the opportunity to meet with some folks there. As a matter of fact, the very first meeting that we had there was in Stephen Colbert's uh, studio. Well, it was in the building where they record the Colbert show. And I remember we were standing right outside the late night show, kind of where that big banner is in New York City. It's on, what, 57th and 7th Street? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And we even took a selfie with that late night show logo behind us because we were so excited. And we actually got to go into that building and we ended up having a series of meetings, it turned out. But in that moment, it was the very first time we entered the building, we went upstairs and we're meeting in David Letterman's old screening room. And it wasn't actually anything super impressive, at least not for modern day offices when you look into it. it. It's like tucked away in the CBS building through a side entrance and it's just through this kind of shoddy looking hallway with old carpet. Now you look at it, it doesn't seem that impressive. But No, but but yeah. even that day when we were coming up to there, just to, get, to set the scene for you guys, you know, we walked in, I think it was the eighth floor of that building, and there's actually a row of seats and I mean, they're they're crappy looking seats. They're like these red old theater seats. But it turns out they were uh, the seats from David Letterman's studio where they recorded the Late Show. And they were there's just a row of them sitting right outside the office. And these are unmarked doors. We kind of knocked on the door, and we were let in. And it's this space uh, where they have a bunch of recording equipment. It's actually pretty chilly in there because they have to have the AC running because there's no windows at all in that whole set of rooms. So there's a couple offices, there's a few recording rooms. And if you walk down the hall, on the left side, you'll uh, walk by a few little recording booths, probably where they do a lot of sound recordings for animated shows and things like that. Uh, And then at the end of the hall is actually David Letterman's screening room. And as you walk in, there's a little step that you have to take up to get in there. And there's a series of couches kind of standing around. And it's it's a really cool-looking room, even though, as, as Sergey said now, I mean, obviously there's cooler offices. Just the fact that you knew that David Letterman would go there and sometimes just spend a bunch of time alone in that room knowing that he couldn't be bothered. But also we got to sit there and have those meetings. And even though there were no windows, I don't know, there was just this feeling in the air of, wow, it's pretty cool that we get to be here. And so we recorded a couple of podcast pilots with these folks and got to work with the audio team at CBS a little bit. And it was actually a really interesting experience because, again, you know, we tend to put people on a pedestal or if you're part of a certain brand or network or something, we automatically put you on a pedestal. But no, we were dealing with these producers and we were kind of on the same level as them, even though as audio professionals, they were way more experienced. Clearly, they're working for CBS. By producing our own podcast over the last year and a half or so, we also were speaking the same language. But it brought us back to this story that Vadim heard of what really was happening in David Letterman's life at the time when he was developing a show. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's easy to think, oh, David Letterman. I mean, the show is literally named after him. He was on TV for decades. He is probably one of the more recognizable faces out there, at least in American television. But he, too, had his own demons, as I found out by listening to the episode of what WTF on Mark Maron, where, where they had a really candid interview. Well, first of all, the job of a TV show host, especially a show that runs every single day, is really, really difficult. And Conan O'Brien talks about this a lot as well. But every single day, morning to evening, you're there planning for the day, figuring out what jokes you're going to make, working with the writers to map out the evening figuring out what questions you're going to ask the guest, and then you're actually recording and taping it, and it's going live on TV that same exact day. And you're doing that day in and day out. I think it's something like, 
I forget exactly how many shows they do a year. It's got to be in the hundreds, right? It's in the hundreds, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, while you're not there every single day of the year, you're there five days a week, every week for, I think it's like 40 weeks. So out of 52 weeks, it's it's a huge chunk of them. And if you're not feeling well that day or you're just you know feeling maybe a little sad or depressed or maybe your kid is sick or something, you still have to go on air and act as if you know everything is awesome and amazing. And if you wanted to take some time off and go travel or something, well, you're going to have to wait until those 40 weeks are up to do that. Or if you want to, let's say, take on a new project and spend a little bit of less time on this or work on something on the side, I mean, literally there was no time. Every single day, there's this pressure that you're going live on TV. And that pressure gets to you. And David Letterman was talking about how you know he didn't even realize at the time how stressful that was. And, and sometimes it would come out in a show. And he had many uh, mistakes that he says that he made with guests and the way that he treated them sometimes just because he was frustrated uh, because of the difficulty of the job. Uh, but uh, one of the ways that he dealt with that issue is actually by turning to alcohol. So he is a self-proclaimed alcoholic, or at least was. Uh, he started dealing with that issue, and it seems like he dealt with it successfully. But he would just go home after the show, and even before he got this show and he was trying his hand at stand-up comedy in California, he would also just go home after each set or go to the hotel room if he was traveling, and he would just drink alone. Uh, because that made him feel whole. As a matter of fact, he said that, well, you know what? I never really felt as good as I did about myself until I drank. And so that was his vice. And he even did that, obviously, when he had his own late night show too. And that's something that we didn't know, that this person is not only dealing with the stress every single day, but he's also dealing with it in a way that's not necessarily helpful or healthy. And it's hurting him in other areas of life. He had relationships and marriages that didn't work out. He actually didn't have kids until very, very late in life because he felt so much pressure from his work that he felt like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to have time. I don't have time to take care of a child. All to say that even somebody else like that, and even for me and Sergey, who kind of got a little hint of the experience that David Letterman had by spending some time in the physical space that he spent time in, and you know, we were maybe walking around that room with rose-colored glasses and super excited, but the truth behind what's actually going on is often much deeper than that, and everybody's going through their own demons, if you will, and so that's why it's so important not to focus on what everybody else is doing, on how other people have what you perceive as success or have already attained what you have wanted to attain. Sure, there's always going to be people that are maybe smarter at something than you are, that are maybe really good at something that you are not. But staying focused on them and being worried about how great they are isn't going to help you get closer to your goal. That's true. And oftentimes what they're going through and the jobs that they created for themselves, maybe it's not even something that you want. Think about that day-to-day that we just talked about for David Letterman. That's not something that most people could handle or even would want to have in their lives. So if you do focus on yourself and if you're hyper aware about the creative pursuit that you're you're trying to go after, is it actually creating that job for myself that I want to have every day? If you focus on that, then you're going to be more likely to get to that level where you're actually happy day in and day out on the tasks that you put in. So if you find yourself this week comparing yourself to somebody else in your life or maybe not somebody in your life but somebody that you read about or that you just got a little bit jealous of, first of all, realize that's totally normal. It happens to all of us every day and it even happens to the most successful people, right? They always say that, um, especially for the wealthy, it doesn't matter how rich you get, you can always get richer. And so you don't want to be in a constant cycle where you're just spinning wheels. You do have to take a step back and after realizing that it is a normal emotion and feeling to have, try to separate yourself a little bit away from that and focus on just getting things done for yourself and focus on what you're good at and quite frankly, what makes you feel fulfilled and feel happy 
And just by refocusing that energy, hopefully you'll get closer and closer to whatever it is your goal is this week. That's it for the 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up for this week, and we'll see you on Wednesday.